0: Hey guys, uh, this is Joe Whitcomb with Reboot Your Relationship and I cannot believe we're already heading into 2020 and I hope everyone is doing very well and setting your focus on a new year, new life, new beginning, all that good stuff that we always talk about the beginning of the year and how we, you know, go about trying to manifest change in this curriculum we call Life and Love and uh this podcast is best for couples and relationships, uh, PTSD and those who rage against the dying of the light. So this is my expertise, consists in really helping with difficulties in relationships and social relationships, such as difficulties including finding and sustaining healthy partnerships. And here we're going to be finding and sustaining healthy intimacy, whether you're healing from a painful breakup or divorce recovering from major loss, or if you've grown up in aversive child experiences, uh, which we call ACEs, and other trauma and difficult circumstances and situations that have make it very hard for us sometimes to uh, heal. So, but this is where I'm particularly suited to helping those who have cultivated their intellects and creativity, but would now like to begin to discover new ways, greater awareness of your emotional world, uh, your relationships, and all that. So my approach here is going to be <laughs> far from being that silent, blank therapist or coach. And my approach here is provides really the richest and most depth and exploration of how we love, how we work, how we play. Um, I don't really consider myself a guru or a teacher here or even a therapist, but more of an awakener and revealing what's already inside all of us that has been either repressed or suppressed. So I consider myself more of that process consultant and a co-journeyman uh, for all of us to come along the, our, your side uh, on all of our curriculum here on this hero's journey. And I'm uh, being a military veteran myself, having PTSD, other stuff that has gone through my bias here in relationship is that we really need four major elements to thrive and and not just to survive one is you know having a shared context which we're going to get into later and in my other podcast is giving uh those that context to people having a shared language tools a community a tribe and also just our ability to have um uh, resources that are available to us and so my belief here and you'll hear this thread throughout all of my rela- my podcasts here as we go forward. As today we are going to be talking about and focusing on uh, how to manage trauma in our relationships and how to manage uh, and understand how these aversive childhood experiences have brought in uh, situations and circumstances where maybe you have felt. Uh, in those circumstances, powerless or helpless to escape or find a solution and all of those other challenges. But we're going to talk about how to manage trauma and how to manage that in your relationships. Because again, my approach here and my core belief that you'll hear every time I speak is that uh, we were born into relationship for relationship, uh, love, connection, belonging, it's genetically encoded into our DNA. Our brain is uh, socially wired for love and connection. Uh, and so we've also learned relationships in the context of relationships. So we learned that and we have all experienced, whether it's a capital T trauma or a small T trauma, Valbin. Uh, whether it's a, we've experienced aversive childhood experiences and trauma where we've been hurt or wounded, betrayed in relationships by either uh, someone else in your family that had mental, psychological, and emotional uh, uh, mental health issues that had be, been put onto you and you had to carry that, or there's sexual abuse, uh, addictions. Um, going through all that, maybe it's abandonment or other violations of human connection where there's a loss of sense of safety and security and protection from the people that we that supposedly love us, right? And then there's a loss of sense of safety and security in the world. So relationship now is, in my core belief, is the crucible to heal our past trauma that we continue to reenact uh, all these unconscious attachment wounds and these patterns that ensue that leave us sometimes feel that we can't get over it or we never get beyond what I call your X factor. It's kind of like this trauma loop in our brain and the, and the nervous system, the circuitry where there's there's never this circuit breaker. So you'll hear a lot of this in, if you go back to any of my podcasts. How we talk about relationship then is kind of this need-fear dilemma we get into. We need it, we crave it, it's, we need it because that's what brings us life and love and, and restoration. But it's also the thing we fear. Um, so that need-fear dilemma becomes part of that challenge. So um, again, the context relationship here is where we get to be healed. Therefore, this is the vehicle that we're on this road to... And the path and practice of love to resolve and to repair uh, all of our relationships, whether it's uh, you're in a marriage um, or a you're dating or you want to date or you're in relationship with someone, or you've just broken up with someone and you want to better understand how did this happen again? Um, some you know, and again we keep reenacting in, in these same. Patterns over and over again, so you can reach me by the way before I get on, so you can find a number three one zero five six zero zero seven two six or you can email me directly at joe at uh, rebuildingconnect dot com Those are a couple ways, but over the last twenty years i 've been uh, well going back thirty years when I got out of the military, I started to understand the impact that trauma and PTSD, whether it was my these childhood aversive experiences. impact that that had on me and my relationships with my wife and my uh, children and my friendships and you can go to some of these other past uh podcasts where i talk about raging against the dying of the light and what that process has been also for me to be able to get into so we can break through any of those uh again upper limit barriers but so i've developed over the last 20 years um Brief 12, 24 session relationship programs, whether it's an intensive with couples, one on one or in groups, to work through some of these barriers that block us from experiencing love and intimacy that everyone, all of us crave. And so the, and also I've developed couple sessions that are built on these same. Uh, programs that I developed. I developed a program called trauma-informed relationship psychotherapy method. And that is the impetus. And that's where we take a deep dive into understanding this together. So giving, this is just kind of an overview of where do you want to go in 2020? And the, being a U.S. military veteran rescuer myself and relationship coach, trainer, speaker, being licensed, uh, doing all this research on attachment based emotionally focused therapy and developing these programs that focuses on trauma ptSD aversive childhood experiences we'll call we'll just call those aces for now on, and the impact that aces and trauma have on relationships your mind, your body, your emotions, health in couple relationships, families, blending step families. Uh, military guys, veterans, first responders, adult survivors of childhood abuse, trauma. All of this is bearing on our relationships. So, but let's connect to what does it mean to be trauma-informed, right? And this is going to, as we get into the trauma and talking about how to work through this, We all, I want to give again, this kind of a shared context, some language, some tools, resources, ways to understand what's happening, right? Because noticing and embracing that trauma is the expectation, not the exception here. All beings experience trauma. We just have different levels and different ways, but it doesn't matter if you're, were or are drowning at one feet, seven feet or 21 feet, you're drowning. And we've had to find strategies to survive. And so creating this awareness of how trauma affects you, your relationships, your brain, your body, your spirit, your sense of safety and security in the world, all of those things impact us. So what I want to shift the question from is, what's wrong with you to what's happened to you? What's happened in our life that has gone Wrong, and we continue. And here's what I find so often when I'm doing therapy, and people bring their clients in, and people have a lot of the clients I see, and in, uh, couples, individuals, you know, have been diagnosed in some ways with some mental disorder, like bipolar or ADD or um, you know borderline personality disorder, whatever, and all now they're the problem, right? But what ends up happening, we minimize and re-victimize the person because now they're the problem instead of being someone that had to learn to cope with some very severe childhood trauma Or because nothing in the world had prepared any of them for that. So if you go back to my other uh, podcast I talk about, it's like you're getting handed this very difficult, complex calculus problem that you're supposed to solve, and you don't even have the fifth grade level fractions or decimals or integers or algebraic reasoning to solve for X, the X factor, that unknown variable. That how do you deal with that? And But somehow we survive, right? We've, we've learned a way to cope, and then we have behaviors and that are misunderstood or we want to understand these behaviors, Not merely as complaints, but as attempts to cope and to survive in a family or in war or in uh, from a car accident. Whatever these things might be that we've learned to solve for X and it worked for a moment, whether it was your avoiding or distancing or getting angry or lashing out or turning to false solutions for a real need for love and connection and safety uh, maybe you've turned to alcohol addiction or drugs, pornography, all these ways to, that we've learned to numb, numb all these negative emotions, all these negative feelings. Because when we numb the negative feelings, we're also numbing out our positive experiences as well. And so that becomes rooted in our shame pattern and shame cycles that we'll talk about in future podcasts. So we understand how that is there, because shame is corrosive to any person or relationship, because it makes us believe that we can't change or that our partner can't change. And that becomes, again, the pattern that we're running. So how do we manage trauma in relationship? So let's talk about trauma. Let's just dive in, deal with and face the dragons, right? I'm here, if you're in pain, you're in suffering and you have that dragon that rises up and has you dangling over the cliff and you're in terror and so afraid, there's another way. Um, I always say you have the power and the freedom to choose something different other than the patterns we've been running since we were children or adults when we've gotten exposed to and handed that very difficult calculus problem that none of us were here to know how to solve. But our brain, and again, I'm gonna gonna reframe and rename uh, post-traumatic stress disorder to post-traumatic stress reordering because it reorders the brain, the hormones your adrenaline your nervous system everything gets reordered and reshifted and rewired and things that are there to keep you safe uh, feel dangerous right or what's dangerous we kind of you know dissociate from or detach from but trauma occurs when a person is overwhelmed by an event or circumstances and then we begin to respond with intense fear that and horror and helplessness powerlessness shame And this is the extreme stress that overwhelms you and our capacity to cope. And there's a direct correlation between trauma and physical health conditions, such as heart disease, high blood pressure, hypertension, diabetes, COPD, cancer. All of these things are impacting all of us in different ways. And so without a shared context or language understanding you're going to feel like you're in this vicious cycle and you're the problem and when you start pointing out problems to people then you're the problem for pointing out the problem and then you just have this problem right this this vicious cycle that we all get caught up in so let's talk about how common is trauma these aversive childhood experiences PTSD right Um, 70% of adults in the U.S. have experienced some type of traumatic experience or event or aversive childhood experience at least once in their lifetime. And that's 223.4 million people. You know, it is a public behavioral health epidemic where over 90% of the clients that we see have experienced trauma in some way. And the trauma is a risk factor in nearly all behavioral health and substance use disorders. It's something that we are constantly having to face. So in the United States, for instance, a woman is beaten every 15 seconds. A forcible rape occurs every six minutes. And without men there to help be with, coach and be a man with their men so they can be a man with a woman, provide that sense of security, and safety in the world, this is gonna continue on. So, because more than 33% of the youth or children are exposed to community violence and they'll experience post-traumatic stress reordering and a very severe reaction to these traumatic experiences and events. So, and a trauma can stem from all sorts of things. And, and a lot of times when we think of PTSD, right? Being a military guy, veteran, served in the Philippines during the first Gulf War, you know, and other, there's all, so war and other forms of violence are, can stem from this type of trauma, right? And we think, well, they're the heroes out there in the world, and and, it's, and it feels safer to kind of be able to disassociate and detach ourselves from that reality and those experiences, because they're out there, they're the heroes, they, you know, they're trained, you know, and yes we were trained and we have learned to compartmentalize and shut down our emotions we have a very high threshold for pain and suffering and which keeps us in denial of our reality experiences when we come home and that becomes another pattern right um there's also childhood abuse or neglect that this can stem from and that could be also medical interventions whether Children go through cancer treatments or heart surgeries or brain surgeries or any type of surgery or medical interventions that cause traumatic experiences where they take in this idea, this feeling of being in a situation that's powerless and helpless. And if they have caretakers there to help comfort them, they they have a better chance at, at, at not having the trauma. But if they have a parent, one uh, another parent who's not there to be safe and provide the comfort, it can exacerbate this. And then you have the physical, of course, at home, you have physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, uh, accidents, car accidents, uh, other natural disasters, dog bite, any any incident or accident that can, uh, if you've ever been bitten by a dog or had a car accident, you know how the body keeps score. You once loved animals, dogs, and now you're terrified to see one, or uh, someone's driving down the road and they cut off in front of you, you feel that sensation, in your body, that fight, flight, freeze, and that becomes another part of how the body keeps score. So this is important that we all understand that there's some that there is real healing that can occur as well. Um, another trauma can stem from witnessing acts of violence, um, cultural, you know, intergenerational and historical stuff like uh, war and genocide. Um, Grief and loss, uh, losing someone that you love that was your your primary caretaker, the person that was the safest place on earth for you can feel like that, and maybe you didn't have anywhere you could turn to, or maybe you saw something, experienced something that was very, very, very painful, and you had no one to turn to for that. So nearly all children who witness, let's say, a parental homicide or sexual assault will develop post-traumatic stress disorder. And ninety percent of sexual abuse children or seventy-seven percent of children exposed to a school shooting or bullying, or thirty-five percent of urban youth exposed to community violence, develop post traumatic stress reordering. It's in it's biologically primed in there for us. So people can and they do recover from trauma. Now my again going back to my bias, my belief that we are you know, wounded in relationship and can only be healed in the context of relationship, it's important that we understand that this is not a one person's problem. This is our society, our family, our partner, our child, and we're all in this together, right? And here are some of the symptoms of trauma that we can look at and that we can recover from. So these are some of the symptoms. And if you're experienced trauma and these are some of the things, you know, give me a call 310-560-0726. 310-560-0726, as well as you can uh, email me at Joe at rebuildingconnection.com. So if you're getting so here are some of the symptoms. Let's just go through some of the ideas here that we can understand. One is you may have headaches, back aches, stomach aches, et cetera. Again, all these things going on, where your nervous, that your brain is reordered, your your body's reordering. Um, uh, maybe you're sudden sweating or help heart palpitations. I know when I get triggered, um, I I have high, high blood pressure, hypertension, uh, sleep apnea, trauma, uh, ADD. All this stuff that goes on and it's like that nervous system is that the alarm is always going on. So you're going to have, you're going to have a heightened sense of being hot, right? And then it creates changes in sleep patterns, your appetite, your interest in sex, everything begins to kind of like the gas and a brake going on constantly, you know? And so you're burning out your adrenal, there's this adrenal fatigue and you're tired, right? So, and then you may feel easily started by noises or unexpected touch. I, if someone touches me in the back of the head, I have some trauma and some, I, might, I might flinch. So, or maybe you're more susceptible to colds and illnesses or there's an increased use of alcohol and drugs or overeating. Again, these are false solutions that we've learned and that when we understand that it's in a trauma that can be happening. Uh, fear, depression, anxiety. Outbursts of anger or rage, right, because when you have a sense of loss of safety or freedom, what happens? we protest there 's an anger, and so it 's important to understand that the anger is coming from a place of of protection and safety and and again, even though anger is one of those things, but getting to the heart of the matter, the meaning behind that when you don 't feel safe, you may be having emotional swings, highs, lows, kind of like the ocean, you know you have the Again, ocean is you have these high tides, low tides, deep currents, riptides, water. You know all this stuff coming up in these emotions. Night, and then you can also experience nightmares and flashbacks, which is another re-experiencing of the trauma, or a tendency to isolate yourself and feeling a sense of detachment, difficulty trusting, or feelings or feelings of betrayal, um, and maybe you have a, a real. Uh, you know the betrayal, so you may betr- you know feel betrayed, and then abandon the relationship, or self blame, or survivor guilt, or shame. Uh, there's moral injury, right? If you've seen something and you've taken on that moral injury that uh, you couldn't be there, you know, or it should have been me, um, a diminished interest in everyday activities, and the biggest one that comes up, and I think is re traumatizing of the trauma survivor. Again, making them the only person here who needs to heal. This is a relational injury. It's a mutual injury with all of us to do this, right? So this is really super important. Go back and listen to some of my other podcasts on this too. But we want to get into what are some strategies? What's helpful help? And not all help is helpful help. Find helpful help. But The main thing in working with trauma within yourself is to regulate your nervous system and your mind. And by regulating and learning to self-soothe so then a dragon has you dangling over the cliff and you're going danger, 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 and all this stuff is coming up, you're going to find yourself reenacting a similar pattern every time. So this is going back to relaxing your mind and finding ways to regulate the nervous system. And there's going to be some key things here that you must do. And I'm going to focus on a few here. And this is something that you can do and talk to with your therapist. Or if you call me and we do work together, we're going to work on this stuff. So one, um, acknowledge that you've been through a traumatic event. I mean, that's the first thing is that something happened, right? Something very painful happened to you, right? Or to your partner or something you've witnessed or observed. something that was challenging that you could not overcome. So acknowledging first, instead of staying in denial of those realities, because all of our deepest psychic craving is that our reality and our experience is validated, seen, gotten, because that's compassion, empathy, being able to turn to people to get help. So connecting with others, especially those who may have shared the stressful event or experienced other trauma, can help you kind of normalize, right, move through that, more so. So another big thing is sleeping, making sure you're, you're getting restorative sleep because when you're sleeping and you have trauma, it's really, really hard to, um, reduce the anxiety in your body. And so you can talk to me. There's, uh, some really good supplements that can help you with that. Um, uh, just give me a call and I'll give you some contacts, but, uh, there's a thing called um, naturally calm. It's magnesium because what happens in your body literally is all that stuff because your body is constantly on height. You know, this heightened alert is burning out magnesium, zinc, calcium, other things. These are nutrients in our body that help you regulate your nervous system and to stay calm, restorative sleep, making sure you're getting that sleep at night. I can't impress upon you enough that sleep is your best, one of the best solutions for you to do that. Um, So there's the stay calm and then there's CBD oil and I have some contacts for you for that to use a CBD fluids or other natural things to help you regulate and keep your body and your system, your nervous system regulated. This is such an important thing. I've learned this the hard way by not managing that. And it just kind of builds up, builds up, builds up. And then you're, when you're not fully resourced, things happen, right? So also relax, trying yoga, stretching, massages, meditation, deep muscle relaxations, anything like that to get that going. Take up music, art, or other diversions there to kind of find ways to channel that energy into something productive, right? like and then maintain that balanced diet and sleep cycle that we talked about. So you're getting restorative sleep, that you're getting deep, deep sleep. And if you're not, talk to your doctor. Do a sleep study. Uh, a lot of times, people with PTSD have uh, take experience uh, sleep apnea and other challenges. Um, another thing to do is to avoid overusing stimulants like caffeine, sugar, or nicotine. Um, uh, commit to something personally meaningful and important every day. So, so what I do is I do these podcasts. This is my way of contributing and giving back uh, to humanity, uh, to my family, to my friends, to humanity. So that's my commitment to purse to you as part of your tribe. Finding Joe here in 2020 is going to help you, hopefully. Uh, do that. Also, being able to write about your experiences for yourself or to share with others in a safe way. So, someone that is your uh, a safety net for you or safe, secure base. You don't want to share it with people that are going to use it against you or somehow weaponize it. You want to find those safe people. And there, are, you know, definitely talking to your healthcare professionals, your doctors about your sleep. I would do hormone checkups, to, uh, assessments, batteries. Vitamin deficiencies, because it's happening not just in the brain, but in your gut, your stomach, your nervous system. All of that is occurring all at once. Um, also, there's you know traditional treatments like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I use eye movement desensitization, reprocessing, and talk therapy, and exposure therapy, and group therapy. I use an attachment-based, uh, emotionally-focused, trauma-based. I developed my own program called Trauma-Informed Relationship psychotherapy method which has helped thousands of people and families and couples stay connected and stay resourced and see how they can work together in tandem to leapfrog up that mountain together and create that safe secure environment that everyone needs to feel so they can work through it there is there are real solutions so alternative treatments might be energy processing or hypnotherapy or NLP, massage therapy is great. Uh, uh, pet or equine therapy, uh, getting a dog. I have a dog, uh, Lexi. Uh, trauma and recovery peer support groups or wellness recovery act. You know, action planning. You know, but get in there. You know, um, you want to be able to talk to me or talk to anyone. Make them aware that you've experienced trauma or past or recent. Make that known. Um, I don't want you getting misdiagnosed for something that isn't the root of the issue. And in one of my episodes before on why people hurt people, why hurt people hurt people, and, and I talk about how that um, can, the trauma can mimic um, ADD. So if you have a traumatic a child who's experienced trauma, whether it was a medical condition or at home or seeing something, observed something, and kind of like, it's like if you're walking in the woods in the forest and you see a bear, right? And that bear, your your brain, your nervous system goes in that fight, flight, freeze, right? You're going to fight the bear or you run away from the bear or you play dead, you know, and that's adaptive and that's functional when you're in a woods or in a forest or something like that. That's when it's workable. That's when your nervous is But if that bear is at home and your nervous system never ever, is ever able to kind of regulate itself, then you have other challenges. So you say, let's say your child is sitting in school, right? And a teacher says, pay attention to the board or finish this test or do this or look at me. And all this, and then that, you know, the heart is beating and the hypervigilance and the disassociating and all this stuff is happening inside your child's body or in your body. And, and, there's, and, you, and they're saying you have attention deficit disorder or hyperactivity. Well, no, you have trauma. PTSR reordering of the brain and the nervous system because how it's impossible for you to sit there and focus when you think there's a bear in the room. So anyways, this is my hope and message to you. Get in there, get support, 2020, find your tribe, find people that can understand you. You're not alone. The $96 million question we're all asking, and you'll hear it in all my podcasts, As we're looking for that sense of safety in the world and connection, love, belonging, are you there for me? Can I count on you? Do you have my back? Do I matter? Am I important? Are you accessible? Are you going to uh, be um, responsive to these needs? Are you going to be emotionally engaging? Are you supportive? If it's a yes, and this is what we want to give you, is a yes to that support to take a stand for your healing and transformation of trauma and stop blaming it on, you know, your ADD and, and, and bipolar and, and uh, uh, you know, the uh, other issues that come up, like let's say you've been diagnosed with borderline personality. Well, if you look at the symptoms of borderline personality disorder and the symptoms of trauma, PTSR, reordering, or they call it disorder, this is not a disorder of people. This is a reordering. And when you don't feel safe, you get in that black and white, all or nothing, polarization, overgeneralization, you know, so something happened to you. It's okay. We're all in this together. You have a story. Something happened. And we're adding, subtracting meaning to all these events in our life. And people aren't understanding what's going on for you. And then it goes into you looking for evidence for all the bad that could happen, Right? and then it becomes this fear cycle, this vicious cycle of shame, and down that vortex you go. And the people that are around you that love you, who are there for you, that will take a stand for you and let you know that you are worthy. We're all, as Brene said, we're imperfect. We're wired for struggle, but you are worthy of love and belonging. Give me a call, 310 560 two six. And again, this is Joe Wickham. Thank you so much. And make this your best year ever, 2020.